Welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. If you are looking for inspiration and in living out your Catholic faith, or would like some tips and strategies to live the virtue of chastity, or would like help living your vocation to the full, then you've come to the right place. This podcast is born out of our desire to set the whole world on fire with God's love so that every single person would know that they are made for love and happiness. We are your hosts, Simon Carrington. And I'm Madeline Carrington. And we're husband and wife. We're parents to to two gorgeous boys, the co-founders of Fire Up Ministries. And mate, we are on a bold mission to help you experience the love you've always dreamed of. So from wherever you are listening, we welcome you and we are so glad that you have joined us. Hello, everybody. I'm Simon Carrington, uh, and I'm joined by my lovely wife today. Maddie, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Um, And today we have a very special guest, someone we both know and love and have been following for many, many years um, in his work. So today we, we have Christopher West who is the the founder and president of the TV Institute in the States, where I am very blessed to be a student myself. I worked it out this morning, Uh, Christopher. I've done about 90 hours of teaching with with you. Uh So I I truly can say that I am a student of yours. Um, So look, you've been around the world. You've been doing it this full time for about 25, 26 years, maybe now. Is that like that? Yeah. Something like that, right? and really just just sharing i mean if we can if we can simplify it just just sharing the good news of the body sex marriage family life all those things um, and i would i would add this this is very important how those mysteries the mysteries of being created male and female the call of the two to become one flesh the call of the two to be fruitful and multiply how those mysteries reveal the christian mystery itself that is so important and it helps us realize right away that the theology of the body is not only for married people you've heard me say this simon and maddie many times if you have a body the theology of the body applies to you Mm -hmm. because the body helps us to understand the whole body of theology Right. So that's very important. This is not just for married people. Amen. Thank you. We've already started the interview and I haven't, I haven't got through the the intro. Also, that that gives everyone a great taste of what, what, what we're in for, but you've done, look, you've done multiple, um, you know, best-selling author, all those things, but I'm sure you're most proud to say that you're, that uh, you're, you're a husband uh, and father of five. And uh, and I'll, and I'll obviously, as I said already, but you've, you've you've been a great source of inspiration for us and a huge inspiration for Fire Up itself. Absolutely. Please welcome everybody, welcome Christopher West. Here he is. Thank you, everybody. It's so good to be with you. <laughs> and um, Simon and I, we were just saying last night how deprived the world would be without your yes. Christopher, Amen. of unpacking the beautiful teaching of Theology of the Body from St. John Paul. And I'm so excited because today we are discussing your new book from the Theology of the Body Institute Press, God is Beauty. And it's a... Let me, let me clarify that also. I got to clarify here. <laughs> Not my book. This is John Paul II's book. Right? We, book. we published it, but I... I <laughs> 
but again, that we that the world was blessed to have um, through through your finding and a collection of of um, essays on it. And it's just a wonderful book that we get to unpack today. And it's a retreat on the gospel and art that was given by St. John Paul II. And we are grateful to the Theological Body Institute um, for unpacking it for us and, and revealing more about this beautiful message of beauty. Because this is a, something that captivated my heart about 10 years ago when I first saw the quote, beauty will save the world. And I was pierced by that and began my journey of discovering what is beauty you know this is this is a gem this is a gem that has been uncovered and I would love to hear Christopher about your rediscovery of this beautiful retreat given by St. John Paul II. Yes I first learned of it to my own surprise because I've been a student of John Paul II's works for for so many years but I only learned that this retreat existed in 2016. I was reading a book by a former professor of mine who was uh, a longtime friend of John Paul II's. His name is Stanislaw Griegel. And he wrote a book about the teachings of John Paul II. I was reading that. And he mentioned this retreat that Wojtyla gave to artists during Holy Week of 1962 called God is Beauty, and that, of course, piqued my interest, but, but re what, what, what really fired me up, if I can use your own expression there, what really fired me up was when Stanislaw Griegel said that this retreat to artists forms a single whole with the theology of the body. I was like, what? Forms a single whole with the theology of the body, and I've never heard of it. So I contacted a friend of mine in Poland and asked him if he could work on getting me just a private personal translation in English. Uh, at the time, it had not been translated, to my knowledge, in any other languages. It was just in Polish. So after a few months, a, an English version, a kind of a, you know, an initial translation arrived in my inbox, and I devoured this. I was so excited about it. It, it. it really does form an organic whole with the theology of the body. And I knew then, this would have been maybe late 2016, early 2017. I knew then that this, this had to go to a wider audience. And the Theology of the Body Institute was in the process of starting a, a press. We, we had had this vision for a number of years. We wanted to start our own press. And we decided that we would inaugurate the Theology of the Body Institute Press with this formerly unpublished in any language other than Poland, Polish. Uh, we inaugurated our press with this, this, this uh, work. We had to go through you know, all the channels at the Vatican to get the right permissions. And then we had to do a more official translation. That took a number of, of months, even a couple of years, I think, to get the translation right. So we, we finally, at long last, came out with it just uh, at the end of 2021. That's so good, and it is such. I encourage everyone, we'll, we'll definitely share how you can get your hands on this book. But um, it is such an incredible book. And I think all the essays that um, support uh, what St. John Paul actually said just, just help bring it so, um, like so much to the person, like to, to help you understand how to live out beauty. Mm. And it's just... It's a wonderful document, so thank you. Um, You're welcome. 
I know this is an interview where you kind of ask the questions, but can I can I go in reverse and ask you guys a couple questions? Okay. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah. All right. So either one can answer first. The question is the same for both of you. I want to I want to hear your main takeaway from reading this book. Like what stayed with you? What struck you most? Okay. That was the only question I was going to ask that you didn't ask because I haven't read the whole thing yet. <laughs> you but, haven't read thing. Well, whatever but, you but, have. But there was a line actually, and this, this was actually a question I wanted to ask you because I'm certain that I don't understand all of it, but it, it just got me. And it's, it's, it's your own words because it, because it, it comes from the intro. It was the, the, the journey of, of, of becoming of, 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 the journey of, 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 of becoming truly beautiful is to become a person of prayer. Um, yes. And I was like, I, I just, I, I read it and I, and I just, I just kind of had, had, had to put the book down for a second. Certainly not sure entirely what that, what that means. I'm sure that's a, that's a big one, but that, that really stuck, has stuck with me this, this week. Definitely. Well, do you want, do you want me to comment on that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, love it. And then, Addie, you're not off the hook. I've got mine ready. I've got mine ready. It's highlighted. <laughs> okay, so to become, how did how did you, how did I say it, Simon? You. So to, uh, the, yeah, the, the, journey. the the journey of 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 becoming truly beautiful, right, is to become a person of prayer. Journey of becoming truly beautiful is to become a person of prayer. What does that mean? Well, what is it? What does it mean to become a person of prayer? Mm. The goal of prayer is one simple but very profound thing. The goal of prayer is to enter what the saints call transforming union with God. And transforming union with God means that we become God by participation. This is very important. We become God by participation. What was the original temptation? To, be, to become like God, right? But mm -hmm. the catechism says, and this is very important, the, the original sin was we wanted to be like God, but without God. Mm. To become a person of prayer is to become like God with God. It means we, we enter into the divine life so much so that we, we are grafted into the divine life and we come to share in the divine nature. It's right in the catechism. And I believe this is a quote from St. Athanasius. I may have the saint wrong. I think it's Athanasius who said, God became man so that man might become God. We could put it this way. The humanization of Jesus, right, is meant to lead to the divinization of those who follow. Mm. The listen to that. Listen to that. The human, the second person of the Trinity, a divine person was humanized. So that the human person, you and me, could be divinized. How does that happen? Through transforming union with Jesus. 
That's what the life of prayer is all about. Of course, it includes the sacraments. Uh, we, we have to have that sense that prayer and the sacraments always go together. But prayer is nothing other than entering ever more deeply into transforming union with Jesus so that our human nature is wed to his divine nature. So that the God who was humanized will lead to our humanity being divinized. And if God is beauty, to be divinized means to become truly beautiful. It, it means we are seized by beauty. We, we become the beauty of God. That's what a saint is. A saint is someone who has been so seized by God's beauty that they are transformed into that beauty. <laughs> the, the desire to be beautiful is really and truly the desire to be a saint. If we properly understand what beauty is, which brings up the real question, what is beauty, right? The whole world wants to be beautiful, but oh my gosh, we have such a distorted understanding of what that means. In fact, if we pursue what the world thinks it means to be beautiful, it ends in a horrific ugliness. Mm. If we pursue what the church understands to be beautiful, it passes through a certain ugliness, which is the crucifixion, but it leads to eternal glory. It leads to infinite beauty. That's what we really learn, yearn for. So that's, that's the, the short answer, if that was short. <laughs> that is awesome. Can I, you know what, just like you started saying, like, like um, what is beauty? Yes. Um, we both did the Theology of the Body and Art course with Bill back like four years ago. Yes. And, I, and it was one that, you know, you really wanted to do that because you're, you know, you really love, you know, like the beauty stuff and everything. And I was very excited. She really wanted to go. And I was like, all right. And I'll, can, can I just be honest? Don't tell Bill. Make sure Bill doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't, I was like, you know what? Like if, if that's one of the electives that I'd, I wouldn't be the first one I'd pick, or I was like, that's not really my thing. I struggled so much in that week because, and, and I was frustrated because when everyone else was crying, I wasn't crying. Like things that were moving other people. I was like, I don't get how these two, oh, these yeah. two, you know, two blue men and women dancing and it's making people cry. I was like, what the hell is going on? Right. I know the video you're talking <laughs> you know, the, Anyway, so I'm, I'm sorry if you, if that moves you, praise God. I was like, what the is going on here? Um, <laughs> but, but I think I, I struggle with, with this stuff actually, because it's like, it's not like an answer. And I remember, you know, Bill was like, you, you, you can't put beauty in a box. He was like, yep. just, you know, he was like, just, he was like, just lay on the sand and let it let. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do that. Right. Do you mind? Could you, now he gave a definition that really stuck with me. He said that he, 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 he defined it as the, the flowering of truth. Right. Ah, that, that, yeah. that beauty is the, do you remember him saying that? 
because I asked him at the end of the course, I was like, man, I just did five days on this and I still don't even know what, I don't even know how I'd define it. Do you like that definition, firstly? And would you have a different one? Could you define what, like, what is beauty? Like, what is it to you? I would, I would say it's a very similar answer to Bill, the flowering of truth. I would say beauty is the irradiation of truth and goodness. What, what is, sorry, what does e irradiation? It radiates out. It's the, the, think of, think of, um, think of, I mean, not only when you see like the clouds parting and you see those rays of sunlight kind of bursting through, not only is that beautiful, but it's kind of a metaphor for what beauty is. If the sun is truth and goodness, those, those beams, those, that irradiation of the sun, like breaking through the clouds, that's, that's beauty. Beauty is the irradiation, the, the glory, the, the glory beams, the, the, Mm. of truth and goodness um and i i can quote here from voitiwa from the retreat itself this is on page 20 of the book voitiwa john paul ii he asks what is beauty and then he says it is difficult to answer that question we tend to judge beauty by the impact it has on us everything that is beautiful draws us to itself it delights us it is attractive to us in a special way. It's attractive to our knowing. We want to know beauty. And, and we want to know beauty in the, in the biblical sense of that word. Like Adam knew his wife Eve, right? When we encounter something beautiful, we don't just want to see it. Although that's also lovely. We want to, we want to take it into our ourselves you know think think of a, something it looks to what does it do you have you have little kids what do they do they they put it right in their mouths right mm -hmm. what are they doing what, what the heck are they doing when they're putting it in their they're, they're expressing a primordial human longing we want to take beauty in we want to be nourished by it what what are lovers doing when they're when they're passionately kissing one another mm. what the heck what are we doing with our mouths in that big sloppy open mouth kiss <laughs> what the heck are we saying or doing <laughs> we're, we're saying i want to take your beauty into me i want to be nourished by it i want to taste it right this is so biblical taste and see the goodness of the lord we can, we can also say, taste and see the beauty of the Lord, right? And this comes to super abundant fulfillment in the Eucharist, where we, we, we literally taste incarnate beauty. We take him in our mouths. We chew him up and we swallow him. I, I have a, um, a book of my own coming out later this year called eating the sunrise and the subtitle is meditations on liturgy and our longing for beauty this is what we do in the liturgy we, we eat the sunrise we eat it 
And I, I got that title from, from a student of mine who once said to me, Christopher, I don't only want to see beauty, I want to eat it. When I'm looking at a sunrise, I don't just want to see the sunrise, I want to eat the sunrise. And if we understand the biblical symbol, this is right out of the Psalm 19, where it says Christ comes, or excuse me, it says the sun comes forth like a bridegroom, right? And, and that's, that's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. This is why the church traditionally prays her liturgy to the east, so that we can receive the coming of the bridegroom. And what do we do with the liturgy? If we understand that biblical symbol of the sunrise and the coming of Christ, the bridegroom, what do we do in the liturgy? We eat the sunrise. <laughs> we, we eat the sunrise. Do you, do you remember, um, I don't know if it's popular in Australia, is the movie It's a Wonderful Life a thing in Australia with? Not no, like it is in no America. Any, no, Not yeah. America. I, I hadn't heard of it till I went to America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's this beautiful scene in that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, where uh, Jimmy Stewart's character says to this woman he's falling in love with, they're, they're enamored by the moon, right? And she's looking up at the moon, just enamored. She's like seized by the beauty of the moon. And, and Jimmy Stewart's character says to her, uh, what is it that you want, Mary? Do you want the moon? Well, I'll throw up a lasso and I'll pull it down and, and, and you can eat it, see? And when you eat it, then the moonbeams are gonna shine out of your fingertips and, and the tips of your hair. It's a really beautiful, powerful image of, of what, we, what we want when we encounter beauty. We, want, we don't just wanna see the moon up in the sky. We wanna we want pull it down and, and take it in. Uh, that's that's what happens when we encounter beauty. Um, here, let me let me just read one more line from the retreat. Uh, Voitiwa says, "There's a certain unique sensitivity to beauty in the human soul." And then he uses a beautiful metaphor here. He says, "A kind of musical string that vibrates in the human soul when a person meets up with beauty." That's powerful. I think beauty is something so mysterious that the only way really to talk about it meaningfully is through metaphor. You, you, and that itself, metaphor is, 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 is beautiful. When, when, you, when you find a good metaphor, the good metaphor itself is beautiful. The very way Voitiwa expressed what beauty is was beautiful. Right, like the plucking of a musical string in the human soul. I mean, come on, that's beautiful poetry. And it's his description of beauty itself. It's it's awesome. <laughs> that was the line that struck you the most. You took my well, line, Christopher. <laughs> I took your line. Okay, so Maddie, yeah, back to the question. What what struck you? It this was, was that, yeah. It was yeah, it was that was the one. Straight from JP2's first reflection. Um, in this retreat and it was exactly I couldn't believe how how beautifully that was so inspired that you led into that and it was that paragraph on 21 and continuing on from what you just read beauty delights and attracts and because it attracts this indicates that there is something else beyond it which is hidden and I think the main thing, yeah the main thing that that struck my heart in this was just that 
that reaffirmation and that reawakening of anything beautiful needs to point to the divine, you know, needs to lead us deeper into that. And, you know, for anyone that has done any of your courses or heard you speak on Theology of the Body, I love it how you use the the McDonald's sign. You know, we don't just stop at the sign and try and eat the sign. It's got to mm -hmm. take us beyond, you know, to that, which you know, is, right. is heaven, really. So that is what got me and what I, you know, took away was just that, just exactly what you just read there, that there's a, this unique sensitivity to beauty in our soul. It's like God has put that desire for himself, you know, and he's, mm -hmm. there's not just one way that we experience or we come to him. Every person is unique in their journey to God, but it's everywhere, you know, mm -hmm. and it was just, yeah, thank you for, Amen. for um, Amen. Yeah, leading into that so beautifully, but that's what struck me. Yeah, Maddie, you're, you're putting your finger on the crux of how you, you quoted this earlier from Dost, Dostoevsky, that beauty will save the world. And I, I end the retreat with an essay that I, that I wrote called How Beauty Will Save the World. And it's precisely the fact that we, we can say it this way, small b beauty, meaning created beauty, the, the beauty of this world the beauty of the human person, the beauty of uh, a rainbow, the beauty of a starlit night, the beauty of a flower, the beauty of the sunrise, the beauty of music, all the beauty of, of this world, we could say is small b beauty. And you quoted Wojtyla saying that it points to something beyond itself. And the thing it points to is what we could call capital B beauty, absolute beauty infinite beauty, eternal beauty. And beauty will save the world only in as much as it leads us to capital B beauty. If we stop at small b beauty, the beauty of this world, and expect that to save us, we're, 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 we're going to be sorely mistaken. I, I often talk about this relationship I have with um, a beautiful tree in my backyard. Uh, it's a redbud tree. And here in the Northern Hemisphere right now, it's springtime. And this redbud tree is blossoming. And, and a couple of years ago, I, I found myself finally asking the question, why do I have this love-hate relationship with this redbud tree? Every time it buds, I'm attracted, but then I get angry. I'm drawn to the beauty of the, of the buds of this tree, but then I get pissed off. <laughs> and and it, was, it was just a couple of years ago, I finally, okay, I need to take this to prayer. Like I need to understand why I get so flipping pissed off at this tree every year. And as I kind of just opened this place in my heart, like, Lord, why do I get so angry at this tree? And I realized it's because the beauty fades. That beauty comes and it only lasts for about two and a half weeks. And then every one of those beautiful little buds dies and falls to the ground and rots. And I hate that. I hate that that happens. Why do I hate that that happens? 
Because if I'm honest, I'm looking for a beauty that lasts forever, that never dies, that is never exhausted, that never fades, that never goes away, that is never threatened. If I'm honest with myself, that's what my heart longs for. That's what my heart demands. And Pope Benedict XVI cell, excuse me, Pope Benedict XVI himself says that this is the fundamental problem of human existence in the world. The human heart longs for an everlasting beauty, an infinite beauty, but it cannot supply it. Everything, every beauty in this world will fade and die. Uh, Maddie, you, you are a beautiful young woman, but guess what? You're gonna get wrinkly, gray and old. Amen. And my, my wife is way ahead of you in that regard. <laughs> and she, she used to be young and radiantly beautiful like you are. And now she's wrinkly and gray and old. And she's gonna get older. And guess what? At a very basic level, I hate that. I really don't like that. Why? Because every gray hair on my wife's head and on my own head, by the way, <laughs> uh, tells me tells me that she and I are dying. And that, if I'm honest with myself, that rips me to shreds inside. I don't want my wife to die. But here is what else Pope Benedict XVI says in that same statement, that this cry of the heart for a beauty, for a, a, a love, for a, a joy, a satisfaction, a fulfillment that lasts forever. That cry of the heart, we can't satisfy it ourselves. But the answer to that cry is precisely the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the answer to the cry. A beauty that lasts forever. A glorified body that is without spot, wrinkle, blemish, gray hair, or any such thing. Mm. This is what is promised in the gospel. <laughs> this is what is promised. But to get there, we have to be willing to die. We have to be willing to die with Christ if we are to be raised with Christ. We have to accept what you might call the humiliation of the body if we are to experience the glorification of the body. And the humiliation of the body, I mean, let's take that literally. Humiliation means returning to hummus, returning to the earth. We have to be willing to die with Jesus if we are going to be raised with Jesus. But the promise of that resurrection is precisely glorified bodies, bodies that, if I can return to that earlier expression, bodies that will forever be irradiating the truth and goodness of God. Woohoo! 
Yeah, baby, bring it on. If death is the ticket to that, then I can die peacefully. I can age peacefully. I can grow gray, get gray peacefully. And I can watch my wife grow old, go gray and get wrinkly peacefully because I have certainty that this is the path to glorification. Amen. This is the path to the beauty I yearn for. This is the path. A few years ago, I was sitting in my, my parish church, and in walks a young, beautiful woman with her, what I assumed was her aging grandmother. And immediately, of course, I'm attracted to beauty. Immediately, my eye goes to the young woman. And then I kind of caught myself and I said, Lord, Lord, what, what do I, what's going on in my heart? Why do I immediately go to the young woman? Mm. And then I heard kind of whispered in my heart, Christopher, which woman is closer to glory? And you know, that, that the, the granddaughter could have been hit by a truck the next day and been closer to glory, but in the normal course of events, the question was, who's going to die first, right? Who's going to enter my glory first? Who's closer to glory? When you have this perspective, even aging and dying itself becomes something beautiful because it's leading to that, the beauty that we really long for. And if we understand this, well, well, look, it's written right into nature. What happened in autumn, this is happening on the, in the Southern Hemisphere right now, the trees are dying, but what's happening to the color of the leaves? They become radiantly beautiful, even in the process of their dying. Written right into creation, written right into creation is the mystery of, of death and resurrection. There it is, baby. There it is. So good. That is beautiful. And if you'll let me share this um, little inspiration, I... My uh, the Holy Spirit makes my heart beat very fast when I need to share something. So I think I, I need please to do it. But when um when you were sharing about the tree, Christopher, it made me think about how you know in order to experience beauty, we need to we need to experience that suffering. And you know, for me, um, you know, to be really really blunt, like a huge invitation for me to ponder this reality has been childbirth. You know that. that yeah. and that you know it's it's like a crucifixion but then comes that new life you know and you know that we cannot i've come to realize that we cannot have suffering without beauty and and vice versa they, they go hand in hand and when you were talking about the big b little b um beauty when i was thinking like you know i was thinking about food and it's like beauty appeals to our our senses you know and it's yes. like you have this you know, plate of food that is delicious and you don't want it to end and you almost get frustrated when it does. We, we do get frustrated when it does and then we get frustrated that we can't fit any more in. because yes, yeah. And if we keep taking it in, we make ourselves sick and we commit the sin of gluttony. And so yes. we idolize the, the little b beauty. It actually exactly. leads us to sin, which brings about death because we failed to let it lead us to the big B beauty. 
and we, you know, we can't, we have to use the example of the sexual act and how often do we see the sin of lust committed because we don't let that sexual act take us to the beyond, take us to the divine. And so I think mm-hmm. this, this beauty is actually like a crucial part of the spiritual journey of understanding this and our desires. And I just, yeah, I just want to just share that, but also just, I don't know, get, get your thoughts on, on beauty and suffering. And, and just if we can dig a little bit deeper into that relationship, because we all want the beauty without the suffering, but the reality is it's not, it doesn't exist. Yes. Yes. Maddie, you're putting your finger right on it. And I would say it's not only what you just described is not only a crucial part of the journey. It is the journey. The journey is the journey from small B beauty to capital B beauty. That's what the journey is. And if we, if we get stuck on small B beauty and we don't keep going towards capital B beauty, then it ends in a horrific ugliness. Mm. It, let, me, let, me quote, let me quote from... Um, my commentary on on John Paul's retreat, I'm on page 79. And and this is is how I describe uh, this journey. The gospel invites us along the way of learning how to rejoice freely and fully in the pleasures of created beauty. So that would be small b beauty. But without clinging to them and then i say here aestheticism and and that's that means our appreciation of beauty must be wed to a proper asceticism which means a certain discipline right and i go on to say this is to say our love of beauty must be wed to a discipline that trains us in appreciating beauty open-handedly, holding on to it loosely. A properly disciplined eros, so what do we mean there? Eros, that Greek word from which we get the English word erotic. Uh, Eros, I learned this from John Paul II 30 years ago and it changed my life. Eros, I I used to think of the erotic realm as synonymous with the pornographic realm. But that Greek word eros means the longing of the human heart, the upward impulse of the human heart for everything true, good, and beautiful. The, The attraction to beauty, wherever we find it, is eros. So that, that's what we're getting at when I say eros, a properly disciplined eros meaning a a properly disciplined attraction to beauty is one that is set on pilgrimage. It is always traveling upstream, so to speak, towards beauty's source. And I put a capital S on that word here, beauty's source. That means God himself allowing the stream of created beauty to flow by without demanding more from it than it can provide. This is exactly what you were saying, Maddie, about how you get frustrated at the end of a meal. 
so do I. I get really angry sometimes when my my I've licked every bit every bitty little bitty bit of gravy off of my plate, and I can't I can't justify going back for more. Right? I'm sad. It's over. The joy, the pleasure, the beauty, uh, the goodness of eating is over. What does that tell me? That sadness. That sadness tells me I am made for an infinite feast. I am made for a feast, a banquet that never ends. That's what that, that sadness tells me at the end of a good meal. If I cling to the beauty of this world and I go back for more and more food, then just as you said, I'm a glutton. Instead of becoming a glutton, and we can fall for another error, which is just as damaging and maybe even more damaging, which would be to think food is bad. The beauty of this world is, is actually evil. The good things of this world are not good. They're bad because they always lead me into sin. That's just the flip side of our idolatry, where we come to hate the things of this world. Right? That, that is, in some ways, even more damaging. Sin, as I go on to say here on page 79, um, sin is misdirected desire. It's misdirected eros. And then I quote the catechism. Sin turns man away from God, who is the ultimate end and is beatitude. What does beatitude mean? It means eternal participation in beauty, bliss, joy. What does sin do? It turns us away from God, who is our ultimate end, by preferring, get this, by preferring in an inferior good to God himself. Notice how the catechism defines mortal sin here. It's preferring not evil. The evil is that we prefer a lesser good to the ultimate good. We could put it this way. Sin is preferring small b beauty to capital B beauty and not going on the pilgrimage of allowing small b beauty to point us to capital B beauty. What is the very first commandment of the Ten Commandments? Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't have false gods. Don't aim your, your desire for capital B beauty at small b beauty. Because you'll turn, you'll turn that into an idol. You're turn, you'll turn it into a false god. Wow. I need a holy hour. So do I. I need a whole, I need a holy life. That's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, this, this, this could be a. I'm just thinking this could be a trap for people, right? Is it okay? We, 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 we got to let we, we have to let things like a meal, you know, like a like a nice meal, lead you to God, you know, like, or even you know, even like the beauty of a a person or a spouse lead you to God. Is it possible though, if you're on if you're on that pilgrimage, right, 
pursuing the ultimate, the, 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 the you know, the God is the, the ultimate beauty. Will that take away in this life that ache? Like, is it, is it possible? Like, cause it could, like, is it, it could be, uh, is it a trap to think, well, if I'm pursuing God with everything, then I can be fully complete and happy here. Never in life. Because I am preferring the ultimate beauty over the, does that make sense? In this, in this life, you know you're on the journey if the ache for beauty is increasing. It never is fully satisfied in this life. It is only, if we're on the journey, it is only always increasing. That the sure sign that we are growing in holiness is not that our yearning and our desires are fulfilled, but that they are, they are, uh, they are infinitized. They, our desire gets become so big, it gets stretched to such a point that we feel like we're continually almost dying from from the yearning the the saint Teresa of avila said i die because i do not die <laughs> what did she mean by that she meant i yearn so deeply for god and i know that the only way to enter that union is through death and I'm dying inside because I'm still on planet Earth. I haven't died. I die because I do not die. Which brings us back to what you were saying, Maddie, about the connection between suffering and beauty. There's a remarkable line in the retreat where John Paul II says that the crucifixion of Jesus is beautiful. And you're like, what? It's the ugliest thing that ever happened on planet Earth because it is the sum total of all evil that was ever unleashed on planet Earth. And yet, it's beautiful because love is beautiful. And Christ is willingly, in a free act of infinite, incomprehensible love, he is absorbing all of the evil of all of human history so that we can rejoice in beauty on the other side of history for all eternity. That's what makes it beautiful. And I, I am reminded of when I was a little boy, I, not just a little boy, but even into my, my teenage years, I, I resented ornate crucifixes i didn't like these crucifixes that had all these decorations and tried they tried to make the, the crucifix a beautiful work of art with like gold and all kinds of flowery stuff and i was like it was ugly why, why are you trying to make it beautiful but i understand better as i've grown in my christian journey what the artists are trying to say it's the ugliest thing and the most beautiful thing at the very same time, the crucifixion. And I'm going to circle back to something else you said, Maddie. Jesus himself compared his own passion and death 
to giving birth. At the Last Supper, he said to his disciples, what we're all about to go, go through together is like a woman in labor pains. And she groans aloud and she suffers. But then she holds the baby and she forgets her suffering because a new life has come into the world. Another way to put the same thing is that the agony and the ecstasy of the Christian life go together. And we know a false fulfillment is being held out to us whenever the promise of ecstasy is given us without the agony of the cross. That's diabolic. That's straight from hell. We know it's straight from hell. How do we know it's straight from hell? What did Jesus say to Peter when Peter said, Jesus, you can have the fulfillment without the cross? What did Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. How do you know Satan? Did I lose you there? Are we good? We got you back. All good. Okay. How do I know Satan is behind a certain... Um, promise of happiness here here's what you want this will make you happy i know it comes from hell if the promise of happiness does not take me through the cross i know it comes from hell if the promise of beauty aestheticism right aestheticism means our appreciation of beauty i know the the promise of beauty comes from hell if aestheticism has no asceticism. The disciplining of my desire for beauty towards real beauty, which comes only by way of the cross. The agony and the ecstasy go together. Here's a paraphrase of Teresa of Avila. Not a direct quote, but a kind of a summary of her teaching. God teaches us courage in the prayer of agony that means when when in our lives we are united with jesus in our sufferings on the cross god teaches us courage in the prayer of agony Teresa says because we need even more courage to endure the prayer of ecstasy mm. We are destined, we are destined to participate in the infinite eternal ecstasy of the Trinity, a bliss and a beauty beyond what we can dream, think, or imagine. So why doesn't the whole world leap at the, at the promise of the gospel? Because the way to get to that infinite prayer of ecstasy is to pass through the horror of the prayer of agony. I must go to Jerusalem, Jesus says, suffer greatly, be rejected, and be killed. And then he says, follow me. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the hell? 
we must descend into hell with Jesus in order to ascend with Jesus into heaven. Here, we can put it this way. Descending into hell with Jesus will lead us to ascend with him into heaven. But, I got to put this in quotes, ascending with Satan's false promise into his false heaven will lead us to descend with Satan into an eternal hell. Mm. And so beauty is a battleground. Beauty is the battleground for the very destiny of the human being. What do you reckon? Beauty, beauty is a battleground. That is. Beauty is the battleground for the very destiny of the human being. If I stop at small beauty, it leads to eternal ugliness, hell. If I let small be beauty lead me through the cross to the eternal beauty, then it leads me to precisely that eternal beauty. I remember some years ago, I was, I was really wrestling with this. And I was wrestling specifically with the fact that I'm, I'm aging and dying. And so is my wife. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't want to die. And I don't want my wife to die. And I was seeing myself like that situation with the grandmother and the granddaughter, I was seeing my eye getting drawn to women younger than my wife. And I was wrestling with this in my own heart. And this is just the way I've come to understand that the Lord works with me in my prayer life. He speaks the language of our hearts. You've heard me say this many times in my classes, the Lord speaks the language of our hearts. And one of the big languages of my heart is the music I grew up on. And so I'm in this place, I'm wrestling, I'm wrestling with this. And I hear this song from a band I used to listen to when I was a teenager. And the song is called Death or Glory. And I'm like, okay, I hear the song in my heart. Lord, what are you trying to tell me? I hear the lyrics, death or glory. What are you trying to tell me? And I heard him say, this is like crystal clear. Do you prefer the glory that leads to death or the death that leads to glory? When you grasp at youthful beauty, you are grasping at a glory that leads to death. But when you embrace dying with me it leads to eternal glory youthful beauty is always a flower that will wilt and so what do you do what do you have to if you cling to youthful beauty you're going to end up like hugh hefner who in his 80s is still surrounding himself with what I would call pre-wilted flowers, 
women in their 20s. Because he's not willing, uh, somebody like Hugh Hefner was not willing to embrace the asceticism that is required of proper aestheticism. He could only, quote, appreciate the beauty, end quote, of pre-wilted flowers. Which means you never learn to love a person. Because as soon as that person is no longer youthfully beautiful, you're either demanding that person get plastic surgery or you're throwing that person away and you're going for a pre-wilted flower. Only, only the death and resurrection of Jesus can teach us really and truly how to love a person unto death. Because loving a person unto death is loving that person to the very threshold of eternal glory. And then we pass over with Jesus in his death to the eternal glory. That's, that's the way of beauty. That's, that's how we reach it. Through the horror of the cross, through the ugliness of the cross, we reach eternal beauty. If you think you can have the, the beauty you long for without the cross and you cling to that false promise, you end up in with eternal ugliness. It's called hell. Oh, I can feel the ache. <laughs> so can I. I'm, I'm, I'm not often speechless, am I? Not often. Always got something to say. <laughs> I haven't got much to say after that. I'm pretty... It's heavy. It's The conversation on beauty is beautiful. And it is a mix of that, that beauty mm. and that suffering, I think. Wow. Yeah. It's, and this is, this is when we, to the degree, I put it that way, because it's never a when we, it's, you never arrive. But to the degree that we embrace Jesus as the way to the beauty we long for. To that degree, we can see even in abject human suffering, whispers, promises, hints, glimpses of something deeply, profoundly beautiful. Amen. This is what enabled Mother Teresa to pick up the rotting body of a dying person in the gutter in Calcutta who was infested with, with worms and maggots and say, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. Most of us were the blind man in the gospel. We look, but we do not see. Jesus, open our eyes. We're all in the same boat here. We're all in the same boat where we have to cry out in our blindness. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. Well, Christopher, Thank I you. certainly think that this book is um, part of the journey to helping us 
helping us see just a little bit more of the reality of um, how God is beauty and how beauty will save the world. And ultimately, like, let's bring that a little bit closer to home, how beauty will save us. Amen. Know? Beauty as part of our spiritual life, as part of our Christian journey is going to save us. And, you know, we can't, we can't stop at little B. We have to, we have to let it, all those, all those um, attractions to beauty move us to that capital B beauty, who is God, which is the title of the book, God is Beauty. So um, I wish we could, we could keep talking yeah, about this right. all day because I feel like, you know, every quote in this book could be, could be unpacked and could just be, we could have a conversation about everyone. But um, um, Christopher, I just wanted to put out there how, how our listeners can, can get a copy of this book. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're in the United States, you can order from the Theology of the Body Institute Press. And yes. Can people in Australia can they get a hard copy, or is you can you can get the Kindle copy? We are we're still working on on the the practical reality shipping the hard copy all around the world. I know you can get the Kindle copy, the electronic copy all around the world, uh, and we we can ship throughout the united states uh north america and i think my um my team might correct me here but i think we can ship to europe but we're still working out the details of shipping shipping to australia but yes you can you you know what why don't you we should talk with you guys about um getting a, you know several boxes to you guys and maybe you can help get the hard copies out in australia we would be delighted to help yeah, but there. Yeah, you Beautiful. can certainly go, go for the electronic copy of the book. And yeah, we are can... we are in the process of recording an audio version of the book. Oh wow! So oh, that that's okay. coming as well. Lovely. Wonderful. So it's you can have it within seconds if you get the Kindle. <laughs> um, and Christopher, just one last thing too. Sorry, did you want to? That's right. Oh, I'll just the website to get to our store is theologyofthebody.com. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, we'll put that in our show notes and, and on our, on the links to this podcast. And Christopher, one last exciting thing is that you have coming up with the Theology of the Body Institute, um, an online conference or experience called Revealed, which is ultimately really talking about this topic, this, this, um, yeah. so can you share a little bit about that event and how people can get involved? You know, over the last couple of years, we've all benefited from the the plethora of online Catholic conferences, right? COVID put us in lockdown around the world, and there is this burst of, of online conferences, and we all benefited from that. And and yet, I think we also kind of got burnt out a little bit. I know I did. I did so many of those conferences, and I attended so many, and I just kind of got burnt out of the whole thing. We're trying to do something different here. This is not just a you know pre-recorded video thing. We are gathering the top echelon of Catholic voices. Father Mike Schmitz is coming. Uh, Jeff Cavins is coming. Jason Everett is coming. Um, Bill Dunahy from the TOB Institute. Uh, uh, Jackie and Bobby Angel from Word on Fire are coming. Matt Frad is coming. And we are gathering, and I'll be there of course, we are gathering these speakers together here in Pennsylvania at Black Rock Retreat Center, where you two have been for courses. We're selling just a small number, about 80 
in-person tickets. So we're going to be in front of a small audience in a small room, and we're going to have four or five cameras wandering around the whole time, capturing this experience mm. and streaming it live online around the world. And you can, you can sign up for free uh, at revealedexperience.com, revealedexperience.com. Now it's a live event, so it's May 13th to the 15th. If you get the premium package, um, you, can, you can have, you know, especially this is probably important for those in Australia, because we're doing it live here in the States. I don't, I don't know how that translates. It's probably the middle of the night for you guys. Mm. But um, you can, if you get the premium package, you can watch the whole thing at your leisure. Uh, but the, to watch it while it's happening um, is free, but that would mean being up at odd hours for you guys in Australia. Oh, good. We're, yeah, we're, but it, we're, 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 we're always up with the kids anyway, so we might just tune in. <laughs> it doesn't really we're, we're some, some unique technology here to make this a really fun kind of interactive experience, even with our online streaming audience. So you'll have a feel of kind of like a backstage pass, like being part of something really exciting and unique happening in real time. Thank you, mate. God bless you. Look, this yes. is um, th th this has been such a blessing for, for me, especially today. I mean, this is a this is an this is this is a topic that I, as I, as I said at the start, um, isn't isn't is it certainly isn't an easy one for me. But I think I felt really challenged today. Really enjoyed that. I could tell you you were on fire, which is awesome to see, um, mate. I, I just really want I I I really want to thank you, of course, again for um you've you've been you you know you've this is the way I like to say it. You've you've never gotten too busy or too popular or too famous to um to still love us both very much, and and I we really sense that. And you've you've been a great um a, a great mentor and. Even I can say, friend, you've you've been very helpful from the start with with everything that we've done here um, as as a teacher and and just even just helping us kind of you know out you know not, not in a formal way but um, your work has really blessed our marriage and us personally and I, I really want to encourage people just to you've 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 got so much on on, on Instagram and on, on your 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 YouTube videos. Uh, are, are fantastic there's, there, there's there's programs people can get I just I really want to encourage people to to to, to really follow the work you're doing um, to grab your books to get every book you've written and to read them and to pray with them and um, I just want to I, I want to just quickly say as well I, I, I think um, I'm, I'm sure that you would side with me here Christopher this book is definitely not just if you're an artist, amen. Like this is for anybody, for, for anybody that uh, is 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 Christian. This is going to benefit them enormously. Um, I, and I'd I say, quote the the Pope here. We have this on the back cover. He, this is John Paul himself. He says, "Not all of us are called to be artists in the specific sense of the term. Yet, as the Book of Genesis has it." All men and women are entrusted with the task of crafting their own life to make of their life a work of art. There it is. Awesome. There it is. That's what this book will help us do, to make of our life a work of art, to make it something beautiful. 
And, mm -hmm. and Simon and Maddie, I, I wanna say this to both of you, and I want your audience to hear me saying this. I've had the privilege of, of getting to know both of you over several years. And I know enough about your relationship to know like any marriage, there's suffering involved. Mm -hmm. But I wanna tell you, and I, I mean this, like I, from the bottom of my heart, I see Jesus in your marriage. I see him. That's what a sacrament is. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a great mystery. Your marriage is a great mystery. And it reveals the mystery of Christ's love for the church, which is a love that is willing to suffer for the sake of beauty. Your marriage is beautiful, not despite the sufferings and struggles. In the sufferings and struggles, your marriage is beautiful because it reveals the mystery of Christ's love for the church. He gave himself up for the church. He took on the ugliness so that the church might be beautiful. That's the mystery. That's the agony and the ecstasy together. And there is a beautiful fragrance of Christ flowing from your marriage. It's true. It's like incense. It's true. Thank you, mate. God bless you. Thank you very much, mate. Love you very much. Um, I love you both. And uh, thank and you so you're much for doing. Now, you, 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 you certainly haven't got any more to say. There wouldn't be a need for a part two on this topic, with there? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll see. It, 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 it'd be it'd be great to have you back on again soon to to, to do. Well, um, how did you, you started? You started off saying you've been in class with me for ninety hours. Yeah. And I run out of in 90 hours. And so I and, and I and I and I still haven't done every course you offer. So you've you you've got at least a bit more that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> yeah, I got I got plenty more to say. Why do I have so much to say? Because we're pondering infinite mysteries here. There's always more. There's always more. There's always more. And then so good. Anyway, we'll 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 um, we'll certainly have love to love you love to have you on again sometime. God bless you, mate. Love you very Peace. much. Thank you, Christopher. We would like to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you thought that it was helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and 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 share with a friend. And for more content like this, online videos, special offers, access to exclusive Fire Up events and a Fired Up community, consider joining our Fire Up family. So head to our website and for a monthly gift of your choice, you can help others experience the love they always dreamed of. So um, may God bless you and your family. Now go set the world on fire.